Previously on Wormwood, Dr. Xander Crow has arrived in the small town of Wormwood, searching for a drowned woman. Except, a woman hasn't drowned in Wormwood in 70 years. Dr. Xander Crow down the dark pathways of the occult, and he was transformed. Now, chasing the vision of a dead woman, Dr. Crow finds himself in the haunted town of Wormwood, where evil lurks in the shadows and stains the souls of its inhabitants. Welcome to Wormwood. Episode 7, The Sacrificial Lamb, written by Jeremy Rogers. Careful, Emily. I don't want to lose you. Don't worry, Hank. I won't fall. Just make sure to keep your hands on me. That's never been a problem. But not so close to the edge. It's like there's another night between our feet. One without stars. Nothing but darkness. It's empty. But then it isn't really, is it, Hank? It's nothing but a hole in the ground. Isn't that something? A hole in the earth deep enough to contain the night. Damned epic. That's what it is. (laughs) Hmm. When I was a little girl, I used to have nightmares of falling in. I used to have dreams of living on a beach in Mexico with a Vegas showgirl. You're not listening to me, Hank. I am, but you're kind of scaring me. Come on, you've had too much wine. Shh! There's somebody out there, Hank. I think I heard somebody walking toward us. It's so dark. I thought we were past the nerves. And I heard whispers when we got here by your truck. They got out. Oh my God, what if they got out? What are you talking about, Emily? Hank, I need you to listen to me. You've always been good at that. Let's go back to my place. It was pitch black like it is now. And I walked the edge of the quarry with this old man. He wasn't my grandfather, but it felt that way. There was something familiar about him, like he was straight out of an old black and white horror movie polite and proper, yet somehow macabre, despite the smile. I'm not a dream interpreter. When the old man reached up for my hand, just the way a grandfather would be inclined to do, I pulled away. (laughs) That's how I fell. Careful. You're standing on loose rock. It's okay, Hank. This is dangerous. It's too dark to see where you're standing. Emily, I won't be able to hold you if the ground gives way underneath us. I know how strong you are. You'd come for me. Hank, relax, okay? Falling isn't so bad. You just don't know what it's like. I've taken a fall or two in my time. Not like this. When you think you'll never stop. It isn't scary. It's soothing in a weird way. Until you feel the ground, you can hear it like a buzz getting closer, louder, deafening. The granite was so hard that I broke apart inside in a snap. Every bone popped and shattered under my skin. That's why people generally wake up just before the impact. Hank, don't you hear them? What's gotten into you? I'm drunk, and I'm a teenager all over again. Let's go back to your truck. 
You're acting strange tonight. But I'm not scared. I'm opening myself up to you. I've never told anyone about how tormented I used to be. Now tell me to take off my dress. Well, I'm waiting. Emily, take off your dress. Now listen. Listen. Still talking? It was so dark down there, the darkest place I could imagine in the world. And so cold. My sticky blood pooled around me. It was warm, but it didn't stay that way. Emily. All I could do was cry. But after so long, my cries turned to whimpers and and then... this one. The weeping woman of the Wormwood Quarry. Something like, I, I don't know exactly. I didn't grow up here. It, it's a local legend. It's no different than what they have in every small town. That's not it. And you know it. Oh, all right, Emily. I'll play along. I was afraid. If I kept crying night after night, that my daddy would drive me out here to show me there's nothing to be afraid of. That this place is just old rock. But then... Walking by the light of his old truck's fog lamps, I'd slip and fall in, just just like in my nightmares. But that never happened. Oh, the nightmares stopped in a way until I was in college. I was still dating my high school sweetheart, but it all started to change. He was so different from you and Brent. He was into things that made it so easy not to worry about his paranoia. Drugs, huh? Oh, they were definitely drugs. And you call yourself a first-grade teacher. Shame on you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he heard a whisper coming from out of the quarry. He swore it was my voice. It drove him mad, and... Oh, I was dreaming again. I was down there, still at the bottom of the quarry, still whimpering, but not alone. There was... There was a voice in the shadows of the rock with me. You're going back to your husband, aren't you? Back to Brent. You don't know how bad the nightmares were all of my life. When I met Brent after Trevor killed himself, it all stopped. Brent was so sweet. Wanted to start a family. Buy a house. He wanted to build a life with me. Nobody ever made me feel so secure. The bad dreams just went away. And now? It's like they never left. And you blame me for the dreams. That's not what I said. Well, it sounds to me like Brent makes the bad dreams go away. This isn't about Brent. But it's not about me either, is it? Has anything stuck with you, Hank? Anything at all? These dreams, they're my entire life. You can't hide from something in your head any better than you can fight your own destiny. Unless you're with Brent. Yes, Hank, yes. Unless I'm with him. He made the nightmares fade away. Brent did that for me. Is that what you want to hear? That's the last thing I want to hear. (laughs) I once knew a girl who believed in destiny. Actually, she was a stripper named Destiny. But we ended badly. So, uh... I should take you home, Emily? Is that what you're saying? I should drop you off at your house and then be on my way. You are killing me. What do you expect? I'm not your husband, am I? 
I should have seen this coming. Hank. Emily and Hank Mason climbed inside his truck. They were drunk, affectionate, only for a while. They didn't know that we were watching. She's alienating him. It's better that way. Time to wake up. Emily, it's six in the... Emily? Damn you! Not even trying to hide it from me anymore, are you, Emily? It's bad enough that you're having an affair, but you don't even think enough of me to try and keep it hidden. You haven't even been here all night, have you? What is this, huh? I can't believe this. Emily, you're killing me! Well, don't you just look like hell, Emily. Brent, what are you doing here? At least you're not late for class, but of course you wouldn't be. I know how much you enjoy teaching. Can we talk about this later? Talk? About what? I'm only stopping by to say good morning to my wife, since I didn't have the luxury of saying it to you in bed, and since you never seem to get my phone calls. Brent! Oh, you mean that. That's what this is. You really don't want to talk about this now? Why not, Emily? There are people all around, kids playing outside the school. It's a busy morning, ripe with witnesses. I can't even yell at you, it's so public. Don't do this. Don't be afraid. It's not that I'm afraid of how you'll react or what you'll do to me. Good, that's good, Emily. I don't want you to cower. You can be honest with me now for the first time in years. But that, but none of this is about you at all. So... You're still my wife. My wife, out all night with another man. I never wanted to do this to you. I never twisted your arm. Well... I don't know what to say. Not right now, I don't. Where were you? No, I won't tell you that. Who were you with? What did we do? Will that be the next question, Brent? Did I enjoy it? How many more questions until we get to how does he measure up to me? And? It's cruel to give you the details, even if you insist. It's a little late to worry about being cruel, don't you think? Not if I still love you. Do you? Emily, don't play with me here. How can you love me and- It's complicated, I know it is. And I'm sorry. But like I said, now is not the time to talk about it. Emily, say it. Out loud. Tell me what you did. Are still doing. You don't understand why I have rolling around inside my head. You have to tell me. No. It's not so bad, is it? Is it? I mean, it's nothing but an affair. There, see? I can say it even if you can't. And these sort of things happen. Why are you clinging to me? You know that I'm with another man. Stay mad at me. Don't weaken and accept me. I deserve it, Brent. I expect it. But you can stop it. You don't have to keep getting into his bed. This can all go away. I'm waiting for it to go away. Don't do that. Things can go back to the way they used to be. Don't shut me out. What are you telling me? That you're going? You're leaving me now? I'm going to my class. That's what's happening now. I'm not telling you anything. I don't believe this. You just don't understand it, Brent. I'm sorry. But maybe tonight... I won't be home tonight. Not for another night in our empty bed. I'll be in Lionsville. I have to go now. Brent Saunders begged for Emily to stay. Cried for her to not walk away. Such a contrast to his anger when he stood outside the school for nearly an hour, waiting for her to show up. Paced and lit one cigarette after another. I didn't know he smoked. 
I didn't either. She said that they could talk later. But he told her he wouldn't be home, and she agreed. All is as it should be. She's made up her mind. She doesn't want to hurt him. She's trying to find a way not to. But it's inevitable. She never said Hank's name, but how hard would it be to figure it out? Wormwood is a small town. Emily! Don't forget your lunch, Dexter. And tell Mrs. Saunders that you're sorry for being late. She'll understand. Is Mommy picking me up from school today? No, sweetie. Not today. Your mom and dad are busy trying to find your sister. Rachel is going to be fine, buddy. Don't you worry about it. Okay. Have a good day at school. I got a phone call yesterday during the lunch rush. From Steve's phone. Yeah? But you're saying that Steve was killed sometimes during the night. I found his phone in Crow's pocket. Sneaky bastard. I guess I should empty his pockets before I lock them up. Oh, I am just not prepared for this kind of thing, am I, D? You're doing fine, Tom. Anyway, he said he was checking the last person called from the phone and he got you. Steve and I... We used to try and double his bar's night in sales, just the two of us after hours. It was years ago, back when I first moved here. I haven't even talked to him much since we both sobered up. And then he called me last night, drunk. I guess you probably need to know that. Yeah, probably should. I can't believe he's dead. Some would say that Wormwood has gone to hell, wouldn't they? Hell, I might even be one of those people. I know you haven't released the details, but how did it happen? <coughs> That's the thing. and I, I just shouldn't let it out. That's fine. Sometime later, maybe. Here you go, Hank. Looks like you need the coffee. It's on me. Thanks, Deidre. Sorry about stealing your only customer away, but it's personal, not business. You got him in jail, do you? For the time being. Until I can figure out how to chase him out of town. Or at least what to do with him while he's here. Do you think he had something to do with it? With all the stuff going on around here? Yeah. I don't know. That doctor's a certifiable piece of work, but I can't convince myself that he's homicidal. That he's bad luck is a given. There's something about him, though. I don't know if I trust him or not. Maybe he's the problem, or just maybe... He's the only one around here who sees how blind we are to what's really happening right under our noses. Oh, he's all smoke and mirrors. He's too concerned with being that ominous guy to notice anything but himself, if you ask me. So, uh, when his girl winds up dead, what are you going to do? Shoot him. Unless he's already done it. I, I just can't work myself up to worry about a vision. Rachel Nolan. But she's not dead. Christ, between the town gossip and her parents all over me, the girl's addicted to running away. It's nothing new here. Just move along, people. That's probably it. You're the one in charge, not me. Well, let's you have a good morning. See you, Hank. Sleep it off, Mason. Deidre, I have to at least be able to count on you to have a level head. So, you can tell that he didn't catch a wink last night. He's having an affair with Emily Saunders. Did you know that? Oh, Lynette might have mentioned something about it. I, I can't keep up. Sheriff, you there? Oh, yep. What is it, Deputy? Jonesy acting up again? Oh, 
No, sir. I let him go, just like you said. But, uh, this crow fella, he's messing with the lock in his cell, and he won't stop no matter what I say to him. Well, if, if you locked it, pushed the door all the way till it clicked, then what's he going to do? He's saying he's going to stick around if we ask him nicely. And I want percolated caffeine, which you failed to weigh your boss. That's an important factor to my voluntary holding here, you nitwit with an honorary police badge. Now make sure to tell the sheriff that I'm requesting a real cup of coffee. That's enough out of you. I'll just keep your mouth or I'll... Deidre... I guess that means I have to get back to work. Let me get a cup to go. Something old and burned to goo in the crepe, if you got it. I'm on my way, Wayne. She waited until 4.30 before she put him in her car and drove off. I gave a good excuse over the phone. We were asked to pick him up, but we'll be running late. The girl missing, everyone is so emotional and distracted. It makes it all so easy. He's going to love this theater. We'll get every movie he wants to see in here after everything settles. Buying this place is going to look good for us, isn't it? We'll be able to have it all. He's a good boy, isn't he? Dexter, you can sit on the sofa and watch some TV. Do you want juice, or...? No, thank you. Okay. Your mother will be here soon. I know. It's okay to be scared. But I'm not scared, Mrs. Saunders. You know, I ran away from home when I was younger. I guess I was about your sister's age. There are all kinds of reasons why people get so upset and feel like the best thing for them to do is just get away from their family. Rachel's just going through the same thing. But after a while, you start to calm down, and then you realize that you miss your mom and dad and brother. Why, I remember one time I hid at a friend's house for a week before I realized I wasn't mad anymore. I might have left home for a while, but I was okay. Rachel isn't dead. Oh, don't even think that she is, Dexter. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm sure Rachel is fine, and that she'll come back home when she isn't angry anymore. Oh, okay. But I know that it can be hard at home when someone runs away. If you want to talk about anything, you know that you can talk to me. Can I just watch cartoons, Mrs. Saunders? Of course. Well then, I think maybe I'll take a bath while we wait for your mom, if you don't mind. I have a splitting headache. Mm-hmm. Right.
is such a good boy. It breaks my heart to wonder what's happened to his sister. Worked to our advantage, though. How else would we have gotten him into her house at night? Made it easy with the parents and the school, of course. We're good friends. And he is a great little kid. I taught him how to clutch a bookend in his fist. Oh, Dexter! What are you doing in here? Dexter! Dexter, what's wrong? He's a strong boy. We're very proud. No. Please, Dexter. Don't do this. Please. Please stop. It's done. Emily Saunders has been drowned in her tub. You know that we've worked very hard with him over the past couple of months. We've spent a lot of time with him, and we've both become attached. He means the world to us. Poor child. To be continued on the next episode of Wormwood. by David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers. Wormwood is an original podcast produced by Habit Forming Films, LLC, featuring the cast of Season 1 characters. Arthur Russell as Dr. Xander Crow, Sonia Peronzi as Sparrow and Rachel Nolan, Joe J. Thomas as Hank Mason, Mr. Brezier, Phineas Tibbert, and your announcer, Rob Grindlinger as Sheriff Tom Bradley and Steve Haskell, Coralie Nickars as Emily Saunders and Deidre Frost. Scott Olenek as Jacob Kidder, Andrew Ramirez as Dexter Nolan, Dave Johnston as Deputy Wayne Drexel, Zachary Fawkes as Brent Saunders and Charles Edison, Cheyenne Besides as Lamora Haskell and Katrina Edison, Anna Maganini as Lynette Bradley, Luke Gannon as Dr. Pete Menno, and Peter Dirksen as Jimmy Details and Jonesy. Additional voices provided by the talented cast. Original music compositions by Todd Hodges. Sound effects engineered by Chris Sahakian. Copyright 2007, Habit Forming Films, LLC. Wormwood is a serialized podcast and cannot be distributed in part or whole outside of the podcast format without written consent from the creators. For more information on the cast and writers and individual episode credits, visit www.wormwoodshow.com. Thank you for listening, and welcome to town. familiar about him, like he was straight out of an old black and white horror movie.
polite and proper, yet somehow macabre despite the smile.